Beat Podcast aims to bring the behind the scenes of the Australian music industry to the audience with an entertaining yet honest and transparent look into all facets of the industry, all while bringing new local music to new ears. In this episode, we're talking to Jess Hope and Jay Wennington from Bad Seed and Don't Fret, which is yet another local podcast about mental health in the music industry. We chat to them about their experiences in the industry, both locally and internationally, and how they've developed their businesses along the way. Listen until the end to find out who our next guest will be and check out the latest industry updates on our website at thebackbeatpodcast.com. Enjoy. We're talking with Jess Hope and Jay Wennington, who both, you both currently run Bad Seed, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we're just going to have a chat. Um, do we want to go from early days onwards? Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. where did your careers? Maybe we'll start with Jess. Okay. Where did your career in the music industry start? Mine started uh, roughly ten years ago. Um, I actually started my career career in fashion. So I worked at fashion magazines, and I'm a journalist by trade. Um, and then I edged my way over from fashion and beauty into music. I started kind of freelancing for magazines in London, and then I worked for Kerrang magazine for kind of six or seven years, I think, before we moved over here, relocated from London. Um, and throughout that time, I've worked at Ticketmaster and kind of with Live Nation, so the promoter, the venue and the event side of things, but still kind of from a content and marketing perspective. Right. I think that's a nice summary. <laughs> and then like three years ago, I launched a podcast, which was about mental health and music. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I... What's that called? It's called Don't Fret Club. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we'll talk about that for sure. It'll come out. <laughs> Yeah, and we opened Bad Seed about a year ago, officially. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about that as well. Yeah. Uh, and I do a bit of everything, and I actually now also work at Frankie Magazine, which is a bit of music and a bit of everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good summary. Awesome. Nice. Cool. Uh, James, same cool. question. Uh, so, my tenure is perhaps not as long. Um, I really... Uh, got into the music industry I guess probably uh, maybe five years ago when I was kind of 24 I guess Um, and I kind of stumbled into it I'd always um, I guess people will predominantly really know me as a music photographer Um, and I've been taking photographs kind of all my life um, like a lot of people do you know and I Mm. did it at college but then I went away to uni and I did something that I thought would get me a career and a real job so I went and did like web design and computers and networking and all that stuff Um, got really good at making like I guess what would have been at the start of my uni to show my age would have been things like MySpace pages um, and things like that. Um, but then um, I I went to university in Southampton in the UK and then when I was about 22, I came over to Australia for the first time and I stayed here for about uh, about a year and a half or so. Uh, my mom's Australian, she lives here. So I stayed with her during that time and I just got my foot in the door at an agency. I was just a graphic designer and I was taking photos grass on the weekend and I kind of started working with some model agencies in in Adelaide and just some friends who were makeup artists and got into photography that way seriously and then um I my my time kind of kind of came to an end in Australia for that first time I went back to England um and um 
in like the last couple of weeks that I'd been in Australia before I came back, some friends of mine had started a new band. They sent me it. I was really into it. The first week I got back, I um, went and saw them play at someone's house. We had some friends who used to put shows on in their house, and they were opening up this this thing. And I um, I took some photographs of them there just for fun, just for my Instagram, um, just for the clout, you know. Um, and didn't really think anything of that. Just kind of went about my normal life, tried to get a job, hung out with my friends. Um, and then I it took me a while, and I finally got a job as a graphic designer in a place. And I started my very first day, and my my friend who was the singer of this band phoned me up and said oh we really like those photographs you took kind of a few months ago we're uh, actually heading out on our first ever tour on Wednesday supporting funeral for a friend would you like to come and <laughs> Man. I uh, yeah and I don't know how I did it but I managed to persuade the, the guys that I could like do the, the job on the road for the first couple of weeks and I went out and I photographed this tour and um the london show was actually where i met jess she was there mm-hmm. um yeah. actually took some photographs of uh, my friend and the singer of uh, funeral for a friend for a Ticketmaster mm-hmm. feature mm-hmm. and then a couple of days later jess added me on <laughs> linkedin and, <laughs> so romantic. and the the rest of that chapter is history um but i my i was very lucky my friend's band uh were doing really well they kept getting lots of tours the bigger and bigger tours started doing international tours um and kind of for the last for the the like for the subsequent three years after that we kind of just toured together i'd go wherever they went so we'd go over the states and we we did shows there and they got nominated for awards over there so we were over there all the time and doing these tours with these huge acts and then the same in the uk and europe and just (laughs) doing tour like and then that kind of uh that kind of kind of came to an end when we chose to come over to Australia but uh, so we came over in late 2016 and it was like we came over I went back and did a couple tours with those guys so I did a big headline tour in the UK with them in 2017 and then I did walk tour over in the States with them in 2017 and then Jess and I kind of started working on setting up our own stuff here which is where uh, I guess where Don't Fret really took off and where the idea of what would become Bad Seed Agency kind of came about and we just kind of worked away and now we're here your career sounds way more punk rock than mine. Yeah, you were like, I've got nothing to say. And then... <laughs> I've just got some friends. Now that's fine. Can you say who the band is? Sure, sure. So they're, uh, they're, they're a band. They're called Creeper. Okay. They're uh, a UK, I guess, I guess they're kind of like a punk rock band. Um, how would you describe them? You're the journalist. That is how I've described them many times. <laughs> punk rock. They're like, um, they are like AFI. They are yeah. like AFI, yeah. Okay, cool. Imagine AFI and Meatloaf put together. Oh, and wow. I think that'd be their dream uh, review, I think. Yeah, right. Okay, uh, cool. But the, you heard it first here. The, because they play quite a wide variety of music, we've been quite lucky that during the time we did get to do some interesting tours. So with those guys, they toured with everyone from like... Uh, the Misfits and uh, yeah so you look at some real punk stuff so you've got things like The Misfits or um, like New Gallows um, uh, <laughs> um, Old Gallows New Old Gallows otherwise known as Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes um, 
uh, but then you look at some other stuff and they've done some really really cool stuff like uh, lucky to do a tour with those guys in the states a couple of years ago of Tiger Army who anyone who knows Tiger Army know that they're like a big cult psychobilly rockabilly band um, did Andy Black yeah we did Andy Black yeah um, and then a bit more in that kind of warped tour scene Andy Black State Champs Neck Deep Funeral for a Friend um, my heart <laughs> <laughs> like a, a whole heap of those bands um, oh, yeah and yeah and then from that I kind of toured with a, a few other bands as well so I never I never strayed from the path when I was in the UK always with Did you always with people but, um, <laughs> as soon as we came here obviously I had to broaden my horizon slightly so I've been quite lucky to do some international bands that come to Australia so I did things like I done like an as it is tour and I uh, did like an against the current tour and I did um basically any kind of warp tour pop punk band that comes over mm-hmm. so i did like a waster tour i did um who else have i done uh like some other tours i can't remember <laughs> and then um i did a fantastic tour with a band called the struts earlier this year yeah. they're the funnest band i've ever seen play live um just pure unashamed rock and roll um and yeah and things like that and that's Mm -hmm. what we do here and then obviously i need to give a special shout out to our favorite australian band the heartaches for (laughs) uh picking us up when we didn't know anybody and um taking me out on tour they're good boys yeah yeah (laughs) i love them jess has got a great uh the heartaches tattoo actually (gasps) do you do you actually (laughs) from before we knew them yeah oh as a fan story (laughs) (laughs) as to you you have i was the first person in the world to have a heartaches tattoo yeah yeah amazing oh very (laughs) embarrassing these days (laughs) what was it like to reveal that to those girls they love it as yeah. knowing Ben as well as I do now I feel like he probably turned away and cried <laughs> he still brings it up <laughs> as do you yeah, I w- you would you know it's like when your career peaks like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay um, great okay so you've kind of gone through a bunch of stuff we were going to ask yeah, that's yeah. cool ask it anyway, away yeah we can dive in a bit deeper yeah um so don't fret itself mm-hmm. when did that start and why did that start that started about three years ago uh, was it four years ago sorry <laughs> 2016 just before we moved about six months before we moved out here um it basically started because i completely burnt out in the music industry mm. no other way to really describe it but also it was kind of everywhere it was in a lot of the interviews that i did like mental health would always come up and it would always at the time this doesn't really happen so much now but at the time it would be either edited out or kind of really glamorized i remember it kind of becoming like taglines or headlines when Mm. it it wasn't the major part of the story and that kind of thing and I think back even back four years ago people didn't know how to how to talk about it and um, I hadn't really thought about doing a podcast and even podcasts weren't big then so I didn't really even know how to do it Um, but it was the only way that it couldn't be edited we could kind of give people a platform Um, so the idea was to talk to musicians about topics relating to mental health it was kind of broad enough that people didn't feel forced to say a certain thing or touch on a certain topic and luckily obviously I have relationships in the music industry with managers and artists and 
people knew the right people mm. to be on it. So we actually started the podcast with Jenna from Tonight Alive, and obviously she was the perfect person to start with. Yeah. She was very kind of, she steered the conversation as much as I did and was very open to that. And then, so we've kind of gone from that platform, but definitely when we started, no one was talking about mental health in music honestly mm-hmm. I don't we're still not completely talking about it honestly in terms of the wider music industry but it was just to get the conversation out there and not have it changed or misguided or anything like that like it was exactly what people wanted to say yeah that said kind of obviously a podcast format can be a bit tricky in the sense that a lot of the time artists will come to us when they're on um their promo cycle or when they're kind of you know in the mind of being very positive Mm. um they're not really always ready to talk and that kind of thing so every interview is very different but still four years on it's kind of every conversation's new and Mm. kind of challenging because we have to put a lot of ourselves into it as well we have to in order to kind of have people feel comfortable and create that safe space we've got to be very honest and open so there's been kind of dips in it when I've personally not been feeling like I was in the place to do it or vice versa Mm. but it's been really well received in Australia definitely because obviously that's where we've been um but we've had artists from all over the world do it luckily we can jump on the phone with them um but I always kind of found the face-to-face time versus kind of a 10-minute phone is I'm not really willing to put someone in that position of having to you know maybe go over some delicate topics Mm. over the phone with someone they've not met so a lot of the episodes are with people that I know or have worked with a lot or have interviewed many times before which is helpful that I had done that I guess Um, so I had those relationships there yeah I'm not sure if I even answered that but (laughs) it was it it was basically something I needed to hear and no one had made it yet right right Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's where a lot of projects like that come from Mm -hmm. yeah the Mm. whole I wish I had that when I was younger sort of that thing yeah 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 there's a hashtag shredding the stigma that pops up a lot on your website and like on your social media um where did that kind of come from so yeah so we were trying to we've done a lot of content and admittedly like a lot of it is not even been put out there we're very protective of it and I think almost to our detriment a lot Mm -hmm. we have a lot of interviews a lot of videos and like an almost finished documentary that's just not out because we want it to be perfect and we mm. we want it to be right and we don't want people to think that we're trying to glamorize the topic which since we launched has happened a lot kind of people launch clothing brands and you know it just says I'm sad and you almost kind of like are proud mm. of that and we were very wary of the kind of reception we were getting sometimes people thought they had to say that they were depressed just so they could be part of the club which obviously is not the mm. case at all um so shredding the stigma is essentially what the future documentary will be called I think Mm. Um, it was kind of obviously tying it back to music and just again widening the conversation Um, a lot of it is around stigma and that people aren't ready to talk about it or deal with it or kind of put in um, mechanisms I guess for people to cope with it and that's at every level like it's artists it's managers it's labels it's people at the venue like it's everyone and there's stigma different kinds of stigma at every level so I guess we kind of thought of the hashtag as an overall kind of to kind of battle that in a way a lot of people kind of think that we're we're at the point where you can talk about it and Mm -hmm. stigma's not there but I think 
that's just not the case but <laughs> obviously in certain cases but often we talk about it and there's no kind of repercussion or act after that there's no mm. aftercare if you like mm. um so we're still kind of we still think talking is what's needed to kind of lead to the next the next steps mm-hmm. right um and I guess it's primarily what you cover is primarily in like the heavier music yeah that's kind of happened just again because that's where my relationships with yeah. artists are and I want to make sure that they feel comfortable but we we've actually done one with Kwame which I, is only out as like a 30 second video he's maybe the first hip hop artist we've done um, and we've had we've been given the option recently of a few more um, I definitely want to do stuff in that kind of scene but I, it's just built, it's making sure we can really know the artists and make sure they're comfortable and not just doing it in a 15 minute phone when they're kind of allotted the time because we've done that and it's just really like it's It's not not ideal for either party you don't you're not given the time to really delve deep Mm -hmm. um, or really explain who you are like if you don't know them it's kind of fine if I've interviewed them like 10 times Mm. and they know me and they know my voice (laughs) (laughs) before they're like what is going on yeah so if like just so far by chance it's been primarily heavy you were talking earlier about how your music tastes are very different what are the other things that you would like to explore like you were saying your taste is very different from Jess's um I think there's one genre that we'd love to do more in that and maybe because we're British as well (laughs) but like grime and like hip-hop and that kind of stuff this it's a huge topic there that has the same kind of stigma um kind of hard to do that from australia though I think. yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely uh yeah i i, I it, it's tricky because like jess says with the whole um you kind of stick to, not necessarily stick to what you know mm. but like all of our friends and the connections that we have are in the heavier world and mm. i think if you look at something it's hard sometimes it's hard for merit to translate into other genres mm. so um for example um uh, just under a year ago we were lucky enough to have Corey Taylor on the podcast mm. um, and if we mention that to kind of anyone in the alternative scene um, obviously it's like royalty mm. like um, and and that that like we're very proud of that because it carries a certain level of um, merit to his name um, but to someone in the hip-hop scene or a, like an urban scene or even like a pop scene mm-hmm. to an extent, it perhaps doesn't quite carry the same yeah. same thing as it does here. So, um, But I do think that we both feel like we've kind of hit a bit of a glass ceiling with the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of... I mean, we've done the frontman of one of the biggest bands in the, the world. Um, yeah. I think Jess and I both agree that there's only one person that we would like to do more, and that is Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd say it was on a level. I don't know if it's more. Maybe. True, true. On a level. Mm-hmm. On a level, yeah. I think once we had those, once we had those two, yeah. um, you can die happy. We're, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Ozzy's my only interview left, really, that I need to do. Yeah, yeah. on the bucket list. Yeah. yeah. He, I don't even know how that would work. He's so strange. <laughs> I think it'd be. I think I've not actually thought about it until this moment. What he'd say, but I think the. I mean, the best ones we've had are where people have kind of have no inhibitions or kind of say it how it is um, and have a lot of stories to tell, which... Yeah, I feel like he would be an open book. Oh, yeah. 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 Definitely. Mm. Um, I'm not sure what language that book would be written in. Um, (laughs) But, yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine my voice in his? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) It would sound like uh, a trap song or a a beatboxer. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I think definitely. Um, uh, I don't know. Actually, I, I, it's a good question. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go next. And I think that's why we feel like internally we feel like we've perhaps plateaued slightly because mm. we're a bit confused as in ourselves where it's even going to go next. Mm. We are very protective and want to make sure it's done for the right reasons. We've had we've had a lot of offers from bands, which obviously is amazing that people want to be involved. But I always kind of want to make sure it's in their interest as much as ours and they're not kind of you know if someone's mentioned anxiety in one song on one album it doesn't mean they're going to want to sit there and talk to don't fret which is absolutely fine um so yeah we're kind of we're getting ready to record what i'm calling like a second season we've had a bit of a rebrand we'll finally bring the documentary out and then i think we'll just see where the conversation's at and what people want don't fret to be Mm -hmm. um and go from there let people kind of take it for what they want it to be and what i've seen the the changes on the social media with that rebranding yeah. what started like what boosted that into a change i think selfishly we just needed something fresh because yeah. we've obviously been working with the same creative if you like for four years and also i think that's been kind of done mm-hmm. and other people have done it and we just wanted to broaden it out and i think we almost want it to become well, I think it's naturally become a wellness general space. It's not necessarily a heavy music music mm-hmm. thing even. And I want to, because we've done other content like video and um, some written posts and obviously we did a zine and that was super popular. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that it's maybe not even just a podcast or it doesn't just rely on that content and that other people can start kind of putting their voice into it without me even needing to kind of interview or do a podcast or anything like that and we've kind of built the community but I think it needs other voices not just mine and the person I'm talking to at that time mm-hmm. I was going to ask do you get a lot of just like people from the general public kind of coming to you like either in person or like online and stuff talking no, about their stories or kind of like weren't the the zine fairs mainly that we've done I think was kind of us there and offering that space for people to come up but a lot of the time if I've ever brought up people don't really realize either it's us or that we've done it or we haven't put a lot of ourselves it's weird because even though there's obviously a lot of me on the podcast Mm -hmm. on our socials there's not it's Mm -hmm. kind of like you wouldn't know the people behind it and even if and also I think that was a transition from if we did it in the UK and when we started it in the UK I guess my like profile as a writer was bigger there Mm -hmm. so when I moved here people actually didn't know me so they didn't really connect me to the podcast which I think is a good and bad thing like obviously it's been it's important to have that so that we can have the conversations with people that feel comfortable but it's also good not to have a single face or because if someone doesn't necessarily feel that they can identify with me I don't want that to stop them finding something in the brand Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) I got nothing to add. <laughs> Agree. Yes. Um, I had something to ask and I can't remember what it was. My brain um, is just blanking. We can come back to it and then you can cut it back yeah. in. By the way. Um, so how how involved are each of you in each of your projects? Uh, too involved. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's hard not to be involved obviously um our life 
is basically a project that is divided up into other projects that mm. we're both too involved in. Like, um, people said it couldn't be done. People said you couldn't be in a relationship and work together. <laughs> and yeah, they were right. They were absolutely right. Um, yeah. Um, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that if you look at, I guess, what our core projects are, we have a lot of them. Yeah. Um, like at any one time, we're kind of across half a dozen different things. So it's like... To give a bit of a background as to where we are now, Jess and I, approximately 18 months or so ago, uh, set up a creative content agency called Bad Seed. Um, we work out of Fitzroy. Uh, we're a two-piece right now. We get freelancers in to do bits and bobs here and there, but we're actually in the process of taking our first kind of person on right now um, just to kind of pick up all the bits that I'm not good at, <laughs> which is most things. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to clone me. Yeah. Um, as, so that obviously takes up a lot of our time. Um, we started that off the back with nothing. Um, and we're quite comfortable with that right now. We, we work with some cool clients. We've managed to diversify recently, which is really interesting. So at one end of the spectrum, we're working with uh, a lot of artists and labels and venues, uh, promoters. And then on the other end, we spend a lot of our time working with a high-end furniture company right now, mm. which is fantastic because... Uh, we get to indulge our love for all things pans and florals. Uh, and florals yeah. um, that's obviously like the nine to five. For it was our both of our nine to five for about a year or so. Yeah. Jess um, recently taken on this fantastic new full time opportunity at Frankie Magazine to be their their marketing manager. So um, when someone like that comes along, obviously you have to you have to jump at it. So mm-hmm. Jess is now doing that nine to five and then mm. kind of working five till ten <laughs> bad seed if you like yeah. Or, yeah. or like six till eight in the morning bad mm. seed or um but that's like our main thing and obviously we're both in that and that that's hard enough as it is um but then we thought that we weren't busy enough with both <laughs> our jobs and obviously don't fret that we've already talked about so um nine months or so ago we tried to set up a um like an online publication um it was received fantastically um the content was obviously much better than anything anyone else was doing um (laughs) but um uh, the problem is is when jess says we're perfectionists if something isn't 110 percent, it's not worth putting out so we found that even though we were doing these articles or these features or these photo shoots or these videos or anything uh it just didn't seem quite right to put it out so we've we're kind of working on that that was called press by the way so we've been kind of working on that to see where that's going to go yeah um i think we're so we basically everything kind of sits under the bad seed umbrella um bad seeds at the top like how google is technically owned by alpha the alphabet company now yeah Um, yeah but facebook won't did you oh sorry i'm going off topic (laughs) sorry um i read about how facebook is owned by another company called Facebook, but yeah, they right. won't change the name. That's funny. It was very confusing. But that's how Facebook are trying to drill in that Facebook owns everything, so they're updating the branding, aren't they? So it says WhatsApp by Facebook, and it's going yeah. to say Instagram mm-hmm. by Facebook. Oh, you know, yeah. All those things. Um, so, yeah. We're so basically Facebook. We are. Uh, <laughs> funnily enough, we are actually about as rich as Mark Zuckerberg as well, I think, right? That's... Did he just get... Oh, I was like, did he just get sued? Has he got no money? Because <laughs> then, yeah. No, we obviously have got absolutely no money at all um (laughs) so there's bad seeds that i guess is the top tier that's that's like our thing and then under that we have got don't fret club the podcast the zine the wellness space um traditionally a positive 
uh, a positive well-being in the music industry obviously as we're talking about we're expanding that now um, then you've got Bad Seed Agency which is a creative agency so we um, predominantly like a photo video um, marketing marketing creative solution thing yeah. <laughs> um then we have got press, which was the editorial arm. So it's a website, but I think we're planning on... The website's been sitting there for a couple of months because we've been working out what to do. And I think what we've decided, we're going to switch it to like a... We're probably going to... Where everyone else is leaving print, I think we're going to go to print mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because we love doing things that are hard. Yeah, um, we love making it harder for ourselves. And I mean, that's been really cool. Like we've had some great stuff with those with that. Like right from the start, we were really lucky to have access to some great artists we've done some great photo shoots and videos and kind of all that stuff so it's keen to see where that goes then next to that then we have got what else do we do I mean, what else is it let's um no Jess has a radio show oh I do uh <laughs> Jess has the punk show with Jess Hope um it's on a it's on a bit of a sabbatical right now but it's going to be back in the new year yeah um and then we've got all these other ideas that we want to do you know so we're I I'm like I'm fully welcoming my 30s and middle age and I'm uh, <laughs> 30s is not middle age it is the way we're going <laughs> um, and I um, like I'm trying to basically set myself up as a wedding photographer right now um, I've been really lucky to do some really cool ones Jess has helped out a couple as well we did a yes. gr- we photographed a great wedding in New York. Um, more recently, even just on the weekend, I was at one that, like Warwick Hughes, who your guest the other day was at as well, hanging out there. We shared a hotel. Cute. Hotel room, I'll let you know. The whole hotel. Um, you had the whole hotel. Um, I would say that whenever we've tried to not work together, we end up working together. Like, obviously, because we live together. And... I've, I've tried to kind of take on some of the design and then you're just... But she's not very good. <laughs> you'll just sit over my shoulder and be like, do you just want me to do it? And then equally you'll try and write something and I'm like, please let me write it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. I, I definitely think that uh, we were very lucky to find each other in the sense that it's... I don't think anyone else could... I don't think there was anyone else that we could have each of us could have found who would be as driven in the areas that we need to be driven in Mm -hmm. to make a success and I have absolutely no doubt that what we do is going to be a success it's just we've got so many little things going on right now that it's quite confusing to know which ones to 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 put your attention to if you like um but one day we're going to be YouTube stars and (laughs) Jess was actually a YouTube star long before YouTube stars were a big thing the first time a little story the first time that my friend Will of the Band Creeper met Jess Mm -hmm. he said um, I'm such a big fan I used to watch all your YouTube videos (laughs) I've never told him that I told you that she told me that (laughs) (laughs) that's so cute YouTube's awful sorry is it still up? Yeah, what was your channel? Oh, God. Well, I used to do um, Kerrang's YouTube. Right. So I did them for a festival season, which was uh, I interesting. Once, I watched them before <laughs> Jess and I were together yeah. so I could get a real grasp of what a voice would sound like. <laughs> I was young, I was, yeah, and that kind of, to be fair, was before um, my mental health spiralled. Oh. Um, it was like, yeah, you kind of got thrown to the wolves a little bit. It was great, and I got some 
interviewed some amazing people Mm -hmm. um but it was very full-on festival season kind of every festival and obviously every artist you could get thrown at you and then I think sometimes you get given opportunities and you want to believe they're for the right reasons and sometimes they are but sometimes I think people can you know being a female you can get picked for the wrong reason so it was kind of a you have an extra point to prove mm-hmm. um with that one have you had any of those sort of negative experiences oh when haven't i yeah i wish i'd like to say i'd have more positive than negative but it's just not true even even now um when especially launching bad seed we still have to send emails under either kind of you know the joint email from jay's email because people respond to me completely differently and I'll you know if it's kind of a marketing thing or a social any kind of aspect of the business that I do um I just have to kind of write it and send it as a different name and I could kind of I could battle that and go through it but I just don't have the time in my day to deal with people like that um Mm. and I definitely think I was kind of thinking of the topics that would come up um And I do think sometimes women in music get a hard rap for kind of overthinking things. Mm -hmm. But you do have to kind of question why you're being picked for something. But I don't think you necessarily shouldn't take those opportunities, especially for when the YouTube thing, for example, I don't I don't know and I'll never know the, you know, what kind of swayed the decision of why it was me because I was young at the time. I hadn't done YouTube before, you know, Um, but I was also kind of young and female mm. and smiley. And I think there was an idea that I would maybe do silly interviews. And then when I actually did it and the interviews were very good and every musician would be impressed with the questions I asked and how much I actually knew about music, yeah. you kind of have to take the opportunity and prove yourself. Yeah. But it can be really tiring to prove yourself all the time. And I think... that was really one of the main reasons we moved because I kind of been out in London and you know I don't I didn't really plan to kind of then continue working in the music industry but you have to just find um your reason for doing it and not put up with shit but equally don't take it personally is kind of a case of calling it out but also taking the opportunity and proving people wrong but one of the things I think still doesn't really get talked about is how much I was pitted against other females especially in magazines it would kind of be like okay we've got a girl but we've got a token girl and then when I Mm. came in there was already a girl so oh my god what are you going to do and the stories that I've heard of how they kind you know how certain people played me off against other girls and and the other girls would then kind of not really be my biggest fan because they'd had this kind of in their head. I think that's such a... And I still think it happens. I think people sometimes think, okay, I can be a girl in music, but I have to be the only one. Mm-hmm. Or therefore, all the other women are my enemies. Yeah. There is kind of like a, a rise of, you know, women kind of looking out for each other. But there's still a lot of women that would kind of drag you down before they dragged a guy down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just because that's what we've seen um and maybe we just have so much fear about whether we should have the spot or not um that we kind of do that but there's definitely obviously now versus when I was 19 and starting in the industry there's a lot more kind of female leaders that you can look up to Mm -hmm. um and I've you know done okay so far so (laughs) I'm there's proof Mm -hmm. but it's definitely not not easy and we still see that today mm-hmm. which is and it was also kind of when we moved I think you were more active in music 
So I would kind of get introduced to people and they'd be like, oh, you're Jay's girlfriend. I'm like, well, I am. But, but I'm, I'm also, also yeah. <laughs> like, I'm here to interview you, so be nice. <laughs> yeah, I think just just to kind of link this with, um, I guess, what you guys have been doing so far, um, there's a, a lot of really strong, kind of really big, strong uh, kind of female role models in the music industry in Australia right now. You're very lucky. Um, obviously, you've so you've had Lydia on recently, and mm-hmm. she's she's a, a a big name in kind of the Melbourne music scene. But like a lot of good shows <clears throat> get put in her venue, and I, yeah. I feel like she's a, a no shit kind of person. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then, kind of even wider than that, you look at someone like a great friend of ours, like Janine. Uh, We're hoping to get her on more yeah, exactly yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. baddest bitch in the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's not many people you can go out for breakfast with, and the next thing you know, you're queuing up to get into Gucci so she can buy her new trainers, you know? like um, We have to get her now. It's no <laughs> She has to win. Or like... <laughs> she will. <laughs> she always wears the trainers, yeah. Or, um, or obviously, like, if you look at a, a bit broader outside of Melbourne, you look at somewhere like Pixie with the the zoo. Obviously, it's an all-female-run venue. Is um, it? The mm. only all-female-run venue in Australia. I didn't know It's that. been going for 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alex at 5'4". Alex at 5'4". The... Um, I sorry, Alex. I can't remember your second name, but um, Five Four Entertainment, the 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 um, the music aid agency in Adelaide, mm. they do everything. They their managers, their promoters, they do everything from they're they're taking back Saturday. Like they are, yeah. that's their night. Everything from that to putting on spin-offs of all the big music festivals, yeah. um, to managing some incredible uh, Australian talent, to um, to then look at people like Habit I guess up in Brisbane as well yeah um, at the PR agency there's some there's some great names there um, Caitlin who's just moved down to Melbourne to kind of do that down here um, shout out Miri Miri Carter <laughs> um, working on that with her and then even like um, the the I, you talk about Janine being the the baddest bitch like <laughs> I one of my first tours I ever did in Australia I had a, a great tour manager called uh, Charney, who um, has tour managed everyone from uh, 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 Nicki Minaj to Megadeth, Mastodon. Oh my God. um, There are some great, you're very fortunate to have so many many beacons of light for for female uh, positivity in your industry here. Yeah, it's really about focusing on them as well and kind of surrounding yourself with good people. And I think people say it a lot, but it's so important if someone's like negative or just making you feel the wrong way or a way you don't feel good about, you just cannot feel bad about getting rid of them in your life. Like... Just yeah. Um, when I was at Stay Gold a couple of weeks back for Lydia's birthday, mm-hmm. she was probably quite drunk at the time, but she kind of sat down with us and was like, had this big spiel about don't lower your morals for anyone, yeah. and um, and she got really in my face, and I was like, yeah. okay, I I get it, <laughs> like cool, got the message, yeah. but like that is very much a core belief of hers, and a lot of people I think now in the industry yeah. is learning to n- not step yourself down for someone else. It's also that especially when I was kind of starting out I don't know if it's still the case now because I'm old but 
there was always this idea that it wouldn't come around again. Like your opportunity yeah. wouldn't happen again. I have to do it now. I have to change everything. I remember like what was my dream interview came up and it was a day that I was freelancing for a different company and I juggled everything and I pulled all these strings and it was honestly the worst interview mm. I'd ever had because the artist who was like my hero was jet lagged and it was awful and you just think I wish I hadn't done that or you know things aren't always kind of they're going to come around again and mm -hmm. you're going to make them like you're making the opportunity mm -hmm. whether it's directly you or what you're putting out there so it will come again and it will it will feel right when it happens and I don't think we have to so much pander to everyone else's deadlines quite as much as they think we do the world isn't going to end I think that's the one thing that I've learned in the last couple of years and perhaps don't fully believe myself just yet at mm. times, but the world isn't going to end if you don't do one thing. Mm. If you don't send that email, if that work gets in late, if you don't get to go to that one show, you can't make that party, you can't do this one thing, the world isn't going to end. Like, every, like it's going to go on. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that's, um, we live in this world where we're kind of subconsciously conditioned to think that everything is now, 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 and everything you do is the end of the world and it's the worst thing and everyone's going to hate you if you don't do this one thing and um which i guess has built this um this kind of international web of anxiety that everyone has these days mm -hmm. which is you then go full circle and that's where don't fret has come in because we're trying to help people realize that it's not the end of the world mm, take a breath yeah for sure yeah I have other tips, but I don't know if they're going to come up later. <laughs> yeah, just list them. Just oh, well, <laughs> well, what's your advice? Well, I had a mind blank. Oh, I was just thinking. <laughs> oh, no. Um, to... I think that we just need to enjoy the things while they happen because when while saying that they're not going to come around again when you do them you just need to enjoy them yeah. as much as possible because you know things the industry around you changes that opportunity is never going to feel the same if when you do it and if everything is kind of fallen into place the worst thing you can do is not remember it mm. or remember it for all the wrong reasons or be focusing on something else yeah just yeah. enjoy it because I'm pretty sure everyone who works in music does it because they love music mm. I don't know <laughs> like some, <laughs> at some point no. shaking his head <laughs> at some point you've loved some genre of music um, and I also think the biggest thing I've kind of taken away in the last year and I guess through Don't Fret and just generally talking to people in the industry is the people who are most kind of levelled and I want to say happy because I don't want to assume that people are happy but have their mental health somewhat in check are those that have interests and hobbies outside of music because mm. music the music industry is so all consuming and it can literally take it will take over your whole life if you let it but those who kind of you know skateboarding or sport or anything that isn't music related as well yeah. they're the ones that can find can have a bit of perspective on it I think if all you do is music and for most of my career that's all I was that I kind of every night I was at a show all day I was working all in the music industry and it can be a lot like it can really take over and that's kind of when you get really caught up on everything and I think if you just have ideally something that involves fresh air but whether it's just drawing or something that takes you away from it Mm. that will be what helps you sustain a career in music mm. 
is something that just just not related at all. I think a lot of people need to learn to compartmentalize and (laughs) (laughs) separate things. Yeah, yeah. Some really good advice. It's and I I, for people listening, obviously, it's something that's definitely easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Like I um I had I I was seeing a therapist earlier this year, and she just couldn't. This woman just couldn't get her head around. The world that we live in like the music industry like the you know so she'd say things like go out and hang out with your friends and you'd be like well the only friends i have are friends mm. because we work in music mm. and the only place that we hang out is at shows mm-hmm. because that's where people in music go they have to go to the shows yeah. you know everyone plays their part like everyone has to be there whether it's the whether you're friends with the band or your friends with the manager or your friends with the venue or the mm-hmm. booker or the yeah. promoter or kind of any aspect of music everyone is you're all there in that place and th- i think to normal to air quote normal people um <laughs> they they don't understand Um, it's such a crazy world that we all live in and we all think it's so normal but of course there's a reason why without getting too heavy there's a reason why the suicide rate of the music industry and the it's so much higher than any other industry or the fact that the the average the average uh, age of a man dying who works in the music industry is 55 mm-hmm. um like it's 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 not it's not chance like mm-hmm. it's not a it's because the you, you you're running on empty kind of the whole time and a lot of the time in music there isn't a support network because everyone's just fucked up as everyone else like <laughs> like I can remember being on tour and a, f- a friend is in a terrible place and he's crying and you just kind of cry with him like what else are you meant to do like it's like that's your like your five minutes before you have to slap the smile on and go yeah. back out again and that's because that's what people want like unfortunately um I hate to use the term, but a, a lot of the people, a lot of the, the kind of general public perhaps aren't as woke to uh, the, the, the real world of the music industry that they they kind of they kind of see like, you know, we were talking about a show earlier. Um, it's like $90 for a ticket to a show. Mm-hmm. You pay $90 to a show. At like a big show or you pay like for a festival or you pay like for like a like an arena show ticket like $150, $200 like normal people don't give a shit how you're feeling like they've paid their $200 they want to sing their songs yeah. like they want to sing along like yeah. um, and I think that's probably one of our bigger aims of Don't Fret Now is just to kind of get it's all there well we were always trying to talk about conversation but I think it's not even a conversation. We don't need to, have to start a conversation. It's just making the broader public aware of, um, I guess, what mental illness is. Like mm-hmm. I was speaking to a friend the other day, and there was a, there's a, um, there's a um, like a a, a, a thing, <laughs> uh, um, like a poll was taken, and it was like um, seven. It was like seventy five percent of people will experience or be affected by mental health at some point in their life. But although that's a huge number, the everyone will look at that and be like, fuck, like, fuck 75%, that's a lot. The we, What we took away from that was there's 25% of people who are never going to experience mental health issues. And that is fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Like, what do those people do? Like... <laughs> Like they're just they're just they live these normal happy little lives. They must be so bored. Well, they're just so they're just so oblivious to it. And like this isn't me. This isn't like an attack on those people. Like it's fantastic. Like yeah. um, 
because obviously mental illness is just an illness and it's just lucky that they're just lucky that they're of that 25% of the, the general public who have been lucky not to contract that medical condition but there are literally 25% of people in the world who will never struggle and that is what fucking blows my mind I do also think though to counteract that uh, well not counteract but even in terms of musicians that I've spoken to I've and they are the ones actually that always stand out for me and they're kind of they they haven't experienced it and now they're kind of tasked with fans who want to talk about it and kind of band members that are going through it and they have no idea how to talk about it mm. so the kind of the conversations that we are having i think it's so important that it's not just for people who are experiencing it and Completely. why obviously that's important but it's the people that you know have no idea to but, gain an understanding yeah to get to gain an understanding be able to support those around them and be a bit more compassionate or able to help you know if someone does have an anxiety attack or any form of you know something that needs urgent attention mm. um to kind of equip them and i think it can be alien alienating sometimes in the music industry especially i guess in the heavy music industry where everyone's talking about it and everyone has a story and i think if you don't have a story you then feel like you're not part of it mm-hmm. but you shouldn't obviously feel bad because you're not yeah feeling that way so mm-hmm. it's so it's recognizing that there's so many different um people and experiences going on um and that they want to kind of help best they can mm-hmm. and I, th- I think just to dig a little deeper in um what we were saying about how don't forget was started at a place where there was no conversation to be had and they were trying to start just was trying to start a conversation with that and obviously kind of four years down the line there's definitely a conversation happening now but um and we often talk about how the conversation isn't really enough um but the conversation could literally like specifically in like the, the heavier music scene like the conversation might be happening but it literally might be like someone being like oh you know a couple of years ago I tried to kill myself and then the room is full of people who were like join the club like yeah. it, like it's not it's not a helpful conversation mm-hmm. like cause no, it's the blind leading the blind like no yeah. one really knows what to do yeah. that's the yeah the that's, biggest oh sorry no, yeah. <laughs> I just say the biggest thing is and it's a vicious circle or cycle that we I think the reason Don't Fret has been a bit quiet is because we feel like we've become a part of that motion and trying to figure out how you kind of disrupt it I guess mm-hmm. for the better but essentially it's like musicians whose managers are suffering and they're working for labels that are suffering and don't know how to help them and the label has a pressure from someone who isn't actually in the music industry but gives them money or whatever Mm. it's a cycle of people who feel exactly the same because I do think it's one of the industries that is powered by some level of passion that started even if people can't really remember when they loved going to shows they love music and that's why they work in it whether they still love it after however many years (laughs) is maybe less common but I think no one's taught from like school level or intern level what to do when you experience this when you work in the music industry because it will happen Mm -hmm. maybe 20 years time maybe longer it won't but for now it does so we're not really equipping people and I remember like doing internships you obviously don't get taught about it then so I think the more we can actually just work it into like normal narrative will be helpful 
Yeah. Well, like you were saying before with the whole um, join the club attitude, like there's a huge culture now I find on social media in particular with like, you know, like memes and stuff like, mm. like mental health memes. Yes. People tagging me like, oh my God, this yes. is so me. Like, yeah. ha, like, oh. Yeah. Well, We've really yeah. struggled with the don't for Instagram because we're like, all people want is memes. They and I'm like, I can't make a funny meme. I'm like, I don't know a meme about anxiety because it's too hard to write. <laughs> um, I Something that always resonates for me is um something that someone said to me a couple of years ago that there's like there's like there's two music industries you know there's there's the real music industry that would encompass kind of probably 98 percent of what music industry is you know so when you think of the music industry it'd be that but then there's that like two percent that make the 98 percent of all the money the the radio mm. and the the like the pop circuit and all these uh these big arena shows and kind of these you know there's, there's like musicians and then there's pop stars you know like there's um there's a big difference and i th- i think that um I've forgotten where I'm going with this. I think that, um, so obviously there's these kind of two music industries, like, and I think to an extent that's exactly the the same thing with um, kind of mental health awareness, if you like. Mm -hmm. There's the 98% of people who really want to make a difference and are really in, like, who, who really want the world to be a better place, if you like, and really want to help everybody. But then on the flip side, you have, like, I don't know, like all these clothing labels, like I'm sad club or Mm. like the, uh, I wish I was dead t-shirt, you know, like that, just this dumb shit. Like antisocial social club. Yeah. What is that? But I remember like a couple of years ago, um, and I said, I, I love, um, like I love a meme. I love a, Mm. I, I, I love a, um, like I'm British, you know, like I love irony. I love a double entendre. Like, (laughs) But I remember there's this one brand when I was on Walk Tour a couple of years ago and their T-shirts, they printed these black T-shirts and on the back, much like it just said insecurity. And it was like meant to be a ripoff of like a security T-shirt, yeah. which on one level I think is very clever. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not... It's annoying. Yeah, I mean, it's annoying how clever it was. <laughs> but on the other side, like, what's that doing to help anyone? Yeah. Like, this is glamorising, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because the the profits aren't going to anyone mm. to do anything. Obviously, there are clothing labels that exist that pour their profits into, you know, mental health awareness in something. Yeah. <laughs> but kind of just to make more merch and then... But and it's not the ones actually exploiting the yeah. mental illness and, and making the big money. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yikes. Sorry, the the problem is the problem is is that um, especially with don't fret because we live it every day. We get quite desensitised to yeah. talking about mm. it. Yeah. Um, so when you talk to people that perhaps don't talk about it every day, they're often surprised at how open you are with it. I think. Mm. Well, I think that's kind of what we're hoping for with yeah. this is the candidness. For sure. Yeah, because the whole point of it is the behind the scenes, the real side mm. of everything. Yeah. You're not, not going to get that if you sugarcoat things. Mm. So honesty and that that frankness is definitely what we're hoping yeah. for. Yeah. And like that's what we've gotten so far and it's been amazing. Yeah. Like, it's been surprising actually, yeah. but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a there's like a <laughs> it's like a an old meme it'd be like a meme before memes were a thing you know like there's like 
when I it's like MySpace days that's like you know people are like I knew them before they were big yeah like I knew memes before they no but but I'm just saying um, I'm of uh, obviously a a certain group of photographers who I've been lucky enough for people to kind of give a a, even if it's just the smallest shit about you like so you get a lot of me and a lot of my friends we get a lot of people like you get a lot of messages you get a lot of emails how do I get started how do I do this what do I do blah 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 and it's like a common joke that with like between us all that the most common question is always like how do I get started in the music industry or like how do I get into shooting shows and it's just like you don't like don't do it like it's just like <laughs> that's what you always want to write just don't do it because like it's like a it's like a downward spiral like <laughs> just get another hobby like I think tattoo artists say the same thing actually <laughs> every time I've gone how did you get into it I want to and they're like yeah, do don't. not <laughs> just don't Warwick and I um, have been talking about making a podcast for years but we know we can't because it'll just be so miserable <laughs> it would be <laughs> All the complaints, or yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I'd listen to that. (laughs) I feel like it'd be so miserable, it wouldn't be. be, Yeah, yeah. it'd be so, it would, it's like the memes, it's very jaded. Yeah, as long as I don't have to edit that. Um, I think one thing we haven't spoken about is so your position at Frankie magazine that you've recently gone in how did that come about well um I've loved Frankie forever since I discovered it in Australia and I think weirdly kind of what we were saying about finding things that you love that aren't music um I've always struggled to do that because I've been so immersed in music Mm -hmm. but Frankie was like something that I could read that I wasn't then being like oh my god it's music or something mm. even though they do do music mm-hmm. um, but anyway the they advertised the job um, not that long ago I think three months ago maybe mm-hmm. and then I, it was kind of one of those things I was like I'm just going to see I just want to see what would happen mm-hmm. and actually I feel like for the first time in about 18 months we were like our business was settling and we weren't completely completely broke we're like broke but not completely broke right um, we were broke but at least we knew when the money was coming in yeah. to pay the bills we were so owed we money yeah. yeah and we because yeah it was a big adjustment kind of I think the thing that we always forget is that we moved to a completely new country where we didn't really know anyone mm-hmm. um, so then to be kind of juggling jobs or considering things is obviously a great position to be in but anyway they put the job up and I kind of had a few interviews and then was couldn't not not go for it but it, mm. it didn't really like it was very unplanned um but something that I kind of had to put myself forward for because I loved the mag so much um so yeah, <laughs> yeah. what are your what's your role consist of so I'm marketing manager um which is kind of a bit of everything to be honest mm. um obviously it's one of those roles and I think you find this a lot in publishing or generally any company that's willing to let their team work like it is you kind of bring in what you're best at so obviously my background is a bit of everything so marketing these days is kind of content marketing a lot um kind of partnerships also in their sense maybe some events literally everything yeah. that anything that kind of involves the brand I can kind of get involved with so every day is different which is good because I think 
I'm how obviously as you've probably learned from what we do every day I needed I always need variety Mm -hmm. so it's good that it's a very varied role um and marketing in a publishing sense obviously includes some ads and some pages and but also in a digital sense means social media and everything else Mm. that comes with it Mm-hmm. so literally everything but also <laughs> everyone there does everything so I don't run yeah. it you know there's a team they do good stuff <laughs> she actually does more than one magazine what other magazines do you do yeah we were looking at your LinkedIn and stuff mm. no at uh, Frankie what other magazines oh are oh sorry <laughs> I'll explain um, yes, yeah, so Frankie also does Spaces, which is an interior magazine, right, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which I love because I've become obsessed with interior design, and that's probably... Your age? My age. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think it's because, you know, again, off topic, but, you know, you can go and buy, like, a throw, and you're not going to feel like you don't fit it. Whereas you can buy a dress yeah. and you're like, oh, I look rubbish. But like blankets so and true. bed sheets and cushions yeah. are always going to look good. They're always going to make you feel good. Your house is always going to be pretty. So Jay yeah. was saying that you're just constantly renovating everything. <laughs> we don't own a house, so I'm I'm hitting a limit on what I can change. <laughs> but I've been again off topic. I've been desperate to get rid of um, a set of drawers that we had, mm-hmm. and they coincidentally broke the other day. Jess broke the drawers on purpose. <laughs> I actually didn't, but obviously fate worked out for me. Uh, but Very reminiscent of a similar story with uh, Jess, where once, quite recently, uh, we'd been to a friend's wedding and uh, she'd got very drunk at the free bar. And, um, it was Warwick's wedding. It was Warwick's wedding. It was Warwick's wedding. Um, <laughs> and we uh, got home and uh, in, we, it was in our old place and the kitchen was right Sorry. next to the bedroom. And... Uh, Jess shouted, bellowed, uh, sung, sung. I can't believe you're going to tell this story. <laughs> it wasn't it his wedding. Oh, okay. I think we can confirm that it was at the Unify Gathering Announcement Party where you drank all the free wine it was. with uh, Bianca. Yeah. John's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and Jess was in the bedroom. We'd been out and I was in the kitchen and Jess shouted, um, I've been sick all over the bed. <laughs> and I and I was very concerned and I popped my head around the corner to make sure it was okay. And she hadn't actually been sick all over the bed. What I witnessed was her sticking her fingers down her throat to make herself sick no, all I'm over not. the bed. In my defence, you know when you need to be sick? Yeah. Like, I wasn't, like, you know, I was very unwell. Ever since that moment, I've not been able to trust her on anything. <laughs> uh, she showed her, her true colours at that point. I think I showed them before then. She showed her true colours uh, as they shot out of her mouth. Um, <laughs> it's a good topic, though, to be very aware of free bars <laughs> at music things. Anything. Anything. But back to Frankie. (laughs) Yeah, so as well as Frankie, they do spaces. And I also, we'd have like the diary and the calendar and kind of any offshoots that they might bring out. Then I am tasked. You're busy. Busy, busy. Mm -hmm. I'm also busy. They do podcasts and videos and all that thing. They do them or like people submit them or like... We do them. You do them. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. 
didn't yeah. know that. Yes, check them out after this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, you're very good at that. Jess, <laughs> Jess is. Um, Jess is the just on a, a, a side note and in general Jess is kind of when the way that earlier we were talking about the way that um, I guess women feel the way they need to perceive the way they need to act in mm. the music industry but even wider just in in life and kind of society in general Jess is um, an extremely accomplished uh, person especially for someone of her age and uh, um, I think that if she was a if she was a if she was a, a, a cis white male I think she She'd be. She'd have her own trophy right now, you know. Like she, she is the trophy. Yeah. Um, and I think that um, one thing that people need to do is is uh, sing about the the things that they've done well. And I think that mm-hmm. um, coming over to Australia in less than three years, um, keeping Don't Fret Going and not just keeping it going, but making it flourish. Um, and winning uh, we've been very lucky she's won us some great grants for that and then to then come and kind of tackle Frankie and all this other stuff I think it's just I think it's cool like very proud Oh yeah. Mm. Um, That's reminded me of one other tip that I was thinking of on the way here. Um, and that's just the... Sorry, did I be like, thanks. <laughs> By the way, another tip which I think you'll appreciate is I think there's a, there's a line, a very good line, thin line, but one to be aware of, mm-hmm. between faking it till you make it and just being an unpleasant person to deal with Mm -hmm. I think that is truth to kind of like you know go in be confident start out as you mean to go on but also don't like it's good to learn and Mm -hmm. I think one thing I've always done I think we've both always done is you don't know everything you're never going to know everything it's confidence versus arrogance yeah such a line and Um, I think I yeah I um we both have a a great friend called um Ryan Ryan Mackfall in the from the UK he's um He's an incredibly accomplished, um, uh, like a director, director of photography. Um, he he kind of was one of the first people to go out and film tours and music when it wasn't really a thing. You know, mm-hmm. like like I, I think one of the first ones he did was like four years strong, two thousand and eight or something like that. Yeah. Like 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 when no one was doing it. And mm-hmm. he we're very fortunate that he gets to come over to Australia from time to time to come and stay with us because nowadays he kind of gets the work he deserves and he gets commissioned to do these like um he did like the Amity Affliction music videos here and he did mm. the In Heart Wakes music videos here and um right now he's in he's just got back from being in Chile with that big band what they call Slayer oh, yeah shit. he just yeah he's been filming with Slayer he does he does he does all the he does like he does like at least half of the big four like yeah he's yeah and you know he's like directed Slipknot music videos yeah. and he's done he's got his own feature film this <laughs> film um, called Blackwood uh, in the in, in these film festivals this year um, and he's he's been an incredible friend to us and um, he was like a mentor to me you know like when the first time I went to America uh, I was like what do I do you know like the first time I toured this what do I do like I need to do this what do I do and I think uh, a lot of young people not to sound like a boomer but like <laughs> I think I think a lot of young people um, don't 
necessarily want to ask anymore and it's not even because they don't want to ask but there's some weird thing where people are expected to know everything straight away mm. and it's just not mm. the case yeah um he's been a great mentor to me he himself had a mentor who was great to him like I, mentors are amazing and i don't think people look for them as much mm. anymore or kind of realize well, i'm sorry realize when they have one yeah um, but to have someone who can you know kind of guide you is amazing mm. yeah 100 um and uh, i think that even with the kind of the uh, some of the younger people we've met here we've found that i really would like to help people and i do feel that although i'm not like an expert in anything i think i know a lot more probably than i let let myself give myself credit for but um no one necessarily wants to learn in the same way anymore no one really wants to hear like it's, it's just just weird like the world's pretty weird right now isn't it like yeah I was going to circle back, I guess, to the beginning where I think ev- literally everyone's path or career, that like the path they've gone on is different. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't go to uni. You went to uni. Like, you know, everyone's done it completely differently. And I don't think we should feel defensive or kind of um, try and push that. There's no right way to do it, which is why I think everyone in music it some stages decided that's what they enjoy mm-hmm. so we could kind of hold on to that as much as we can um yeah there's kind of no right or wrong way to go about it i think it's just kind of doing stuff that feels genuine and mm. that sounds really like oh genuine <laughs> but it is kind yeah. of the best podcast and like everything is made by people that believe in what they're saying or the best like interviews are done by people who understand what the questions they're asking yeah um the best kind of photographs are taken by people that... The uh, Jay Wennington. <laughs> are taken by people that appreciate what they're looking at, mm. you know, like... Um, and I think that's the thing that a lot of people need to do. They need to just stop and breathe for a second and take it all in. Like what... To, to say what... Like, to go back to what Jess was saying about earlier, just taking everything in, like... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This has been... You've got me at my most serious I've ever been on this podcast. Mm. Normally, I'm just dancing or something i don't know (laughs) singing a lot yeah um no uh yeah it's true if you've got a passion for it you you know there is a serious side to Mm. everything you need to be able to of course and i will happily throw my hands up in the air and say that i have not got a passion for music like i did but the music industry snubbed it out like it has for a lot of my friends Mm. um it's it's, and it's not necessary. it's not the music's fault like I think that's another thing like when you feel burnt out or when you feel like maybe you're doing it for the wrong reason like just to step back yeah. and it doesn't mean you can't come back into it because I think you know if you look your younger self would hate to think oh in the future I'm going to be doing it and hating it it's better to do it enjoy it and know that you've done what was your kind of ride and then you know like you have musicians that kind of step back from their bands it doesn't mean they're not friends anymore or anything like that Mm -hmm. it's just everyone is happier and kind of functioning better when you're kind of like you said like your morals are in place and Mm -hmm. you feel satisfied in what you're doing Mm -hmm. um and obviously the higher you get sometimes that's just not the case anymore but I guess another thing is that you don't have to work with certain people. You know, if even if certain people at a certain label are unpleasant, then don't work with them because eventually, like, it is as simple as, well, if everyone stops working with them, then they won't have yeah. that power anymore. But, yeah. you know, obviously that's going to take a bit longer, but I think nothing is worse 
sacrificing your kind of safety in physical or mental Mm -hmm. um so you should just do it for as long as you enjoy it and then take what you can from it and I think like I always remember kind of when I started out everyone kind of thought especially as like a journalist or like a writer that all their experience had to be in music but I started out writing in fashion Mm -hmm. so you can literally take the skills that you have from something else or take the skills that you have from music and apply it elsewhere it's kind of it is interchangeable and you're not kind of locked down to the one industry even if you've studied a very specific course or anything like that it's all kind of you know passion kind of shines through in whatever you do Mm. whether that's kind of getting a job or running your own thing like people will work with you because of you Mm -hmm. and if they don't then you don't want to work with them Mm. like it is that simple and then obviously other people will take those opportunities and you'll kind of be like oh that could have been me but not everything is kind of what it looks like on instagram so if everyone just kind of does what makes them happy it just helps like it doesn't solve everything but it definitely helps I think Mm. Mm -hmm. I think I saw something the other day it was about um, how what is it trade what's the thing master of none Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades, master of none, mm-hmm. is often seen as a bit of an insult to some, to a lot of people, because mm-hmm. it's saying you know you're not actually that good at anything in particular. But it was pointed out that that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like you can be having multiple interests, like having those different hobbies to turn back on and rely on, and and have those different aspects of your personality. And it's never a bad thing to be learning something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Um... I think that obviously having hobbies is fantastic and it's what keeps you sane and what keeps you interested in new things. Um, And having those um, interests outside of, I guess, your normal day-to-day life is fantastic. But we live in this super consumerist world now where we're kind of told that every hobby that we have needs to mm. needs to provide some sort of monetary value yeah um and hey like i do that as much as anyone else you know like i'll start something new and i'll be like oh how can we make money out of this you know yeah. or like uh you know maybe we have a friend who's really good at cross stitch you know and you're like oh you can sell those you know or you've got a friend who's really good at cooking my sister she's 18 and she makes fantastic cakes and we're always like yeah. you should make this a business like yeah i'm like you'll be huge on instagram yeah <laughs> um, and i think that um unfortunately the, the this kind of hyper consumerist world we live in um has just fucked us all basically <laughs> because i'm the yeah. biggest i'm the biggest consumer out there like mm. i'm fully aware that I buy things because Facebook ads tell me to, you know, or yeah. like I'll buy things because they're on offer or like I'll check the flyby app when I go into the shop to see what I can get cheap this week, you know, like yeah. whether you need it or not. Totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, it's just a funny old world that we live in. I think that's why everyone who works in music is, you know, you do want to do it because music is one of the things that for many is like an escape, mm-hmm. whether you work in it or whether you just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I do I do often just kind of go back to the period where like I just went to shows because I bought a ticket and I wanted to go and it was the best and I didn't know anyone there and you weren't worried about who you'd see or what conversations yeah. you had to have. There was or, no responsibility. Yeah, you're literally anonymous. And yeah. I think people in the industry forget that that's who the crowd is yeah. they're not there to like I mean more are there to get an Instagram photo but they're going to put it up and get 
three likes or whatever and that's their memory of it mm-hmm. kind of it's it's easy to become consumed with your vision and the, those that you're surrounded with but the majority of music fans and the people who are keeping the business going by buying tickets to shows just want to exist there because it's a moment away from mm. their real world mm-hmm. so I think we just need to enjoy that as well because it's the same we're lucky that obviously there's a lot of shit that goes with it and I think we can definitely work on kind of taking care of that and the aftercare and everything that we've spoken about. But we do just need to enjoy that moment there. And I've I've done things where I think, you know what, someone else might... Because there would be a time when kind of I was photographing shows because I had the access and it was honestly a case of I couldn't pay anyone else and I didn't want to get someone to do it for free because it felt wrong. Mm-hmm. But then it got to a stage where well, someone should do this that wants to do this full-time as a thing because I'm just doing it as a hobby. Mm. Um, And then people were also getting confused if I was a photographer and I'm not. (laughs) You came to stay gold the other night to to photography and I was like, oh, you're still doing that? (laughs) That's because I can't say no, which is something else people should work on. (laughs) Okay to say no. So with that, that time of when you were just attending gigs or even now, what has been your favourite gig? Oh my God, I have an answer. Yes. <laughs> so I just moved to London. I don't think I worked in music and I went to a secret gallows show Ooh. and they were, their name was something else, but you just, you knew it was going to be them, but you're like, you weren't sure. And it was at a venue called the Old Blue Less, which is like a small pub. It's mm. so small. It's probably similar. It's probably a little bit larger than Old Bar. Okay. Yeah. 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 Probably yeah. really similar, like same yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. Um, a little, yeah. little bit dingy, <laughs> a little bit dirty. At, at the time, Frank was still in Gallows, and the support band was Wade from Alexis. It was his other band, which yeah. I actually was it Black Lungs or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they supported, and it was amazing. And like that was back when I had no inhibitions, and I had the best time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anyone. Like I didn't know anyone in the city, so I definitely didn't know anyone in the room and it was honestly just the best thing ever but I've been quite lucky because my dad would take me to shows when I was like I went to Reading Festival when I was 13 I think yeah. that was like my first thing and then we'd go to shows together um and I'd like take days off school to go and sit outside like we sat outside like Brixton Academy waiting for Limp Biscuit. oh my <laughs> god of mine. how um, I envy you yeah. <laughs> so I, I was lucky to have a really long period of like enjoying music before I worked in it and obviously when I worked in it it was still really exciting and kind of moving here has allowed me to rediscover that somewhat Mm -hmm. but it's really hard to I think when you to lose your inhibitions again like you did when you were young or kind of like you did when you didn't know anyone or whatever it may be like I certainly find it a lot harder but maybe that's just because I'm old (laughs) old keep going back to that (laughs) that's what we've learned today but yeah that gallows show just want to point out that Jess is older than me as well just to clarify we were trying to (laughs) (laughs) we were trying to figure out earlier how old the both of you are because you have your birthday but not the year on your Facebook Uh, I'm 29 but Jess is 29 My nine is closer to enough. <laughs> that Jess's nine is ticking away. Tick, tick, 
Tick. Oh. We Lydia Lydia is still getting used to the fact that she's thirty one mm. instead of thirty. Because yeah. it was a couple of weeks like, oh, ago. Shit, I'm thirty one. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, as soon as I got to eighteen, I would like because obviously I still get ID'd everywhere. So when people ID me, obviously, obviously, <laughs> look at it. It's yeah. true. And listen to me. Um, and then I would be like, for years after I was eighteen, they'd be like, "How old are you?" I'd be like, eighteen. I'm eighteen. Like, Let me in. And I was like, "Oh," and then they'd be like, "You're lying because you're not." But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um. <laughs> I. Um, yeah. What about you? <laughs> yeah, you're shy. I actually, uh, I don't know. Um, A show you can remember. The uh, the best the best of. show, and this definitely um, is a reflection on me still, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. But the best show that I ever went to was um, Mike and Michael Romance, mm-hmm. August. 2006 in Hammersmith at the Hammersmith Palais which has since shut down I believe Um, it was the show where they first announced the Black Parade (gasps) so no one knew no one had heard any of the staff no one had seen him with his blonde hair no one and we had tickets to the show and you you turned up and they had all these people dressed in robes the whole way down the street holding signs chanting and um, you go in and um, the show is about to start and then over the time it was like oh sorry the uh, Michael McCormick can't be here tonight anymore but we've managed to get the Black Parade and then it's just like (laughs) boom and all these bright lights and they all come out in their costumes and it was incredible it was the best the one of my favourite memories of that is this guy was crowd surfing and he fell down next to me but he was like I'm not okay era Jared Way and I was like how embarrassing that he's dressed (laughs) just like that um and so that was a very small show and it was incredible and also it was uh, it was uh, the opener was Ender Shikari who went oh, on to awesome. be big yeah obviously yeah. Um, but actually I'll say another one of my favourite shows was probably from that same year Ender Shikari at uh, Norwich Art Centre mm-hmm. Norwich um, <laughs> and that was when they I think that was pre that was pre-first album. That was when they were doing the EP stuff still. And their merch was basically like, you could buy these little rings that you'd put on your finger and they'd be like lights that blinked. Mm, yeah. So, because they were like ravey, weren't they? That's <laughs> Ravey. <laughs> I remember seeing Bring Me actually in a venue also like Old Bar, but maybe smaller. Yeah, I think I saw them on that tour as well. Yeah. I saw Bring Me the Horizon play at Norwich Waterfront, which is probably... <laughs> probably the waterfront's probably the same size as it's a 500 cap room I think so it's smaller than the corner mm-hmm. about half the size of the corner because the corner's 800 yeah. um, and it was when they just as they were bringing out this is what the edge of your seat was made for so the first the first EP I guess mm. he came out like in his little board shorts and his yeah, and his emo hair scene. and he was covered <laughs> and he, he was covered in fake blood uh, I think suicide silence yeah, yeah. nice Really? Uh, they were all like, oi, oi, oi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that sound bite and just use it everywhere. <laughs> it's the intro now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to. It's so weird at all that you can do that. You've never done it before. <laughs> I've got many talents. Um, yeah, probably Mike M. Um, I'm, that- just, I'm just thinking of that show and that introduction, like, oh, they're not playing tonight and yeah. someone walking out and yeah. they sing it. Yeah. Just... <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. No, it, it didn't. It was fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it was also the same week that I saw Hawthorne Heights play at Islington Academy. So um, it was a very emo week for me. Mm. Every um, week is an emo. Like emo or emotional? Because <laughs> both. both. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might uh, start wrapping up. Yeah. Um, last little question we want to ask you both are top three Aussie acts. You can go first. So one thing that we haven't truly explored thus far mm. is the fact that I am inadvertently a massive phony when it comes <laughs> to the alternative music scene. People assume that I'm really in it. Mm. And... Um, Sadly, I'm not. Uh, I'm going to lose all my brand endorsements you're now. In it. You're like in it, but you're not invested. Uh, you yeah. lost all your clout. All of my, all of my, like, it's a world that we obviously live in, and all of our friends move in that world. Um, but personally, I haven't really been into like alternative music for a number of years. Um, uh, That's okay. Yeah. Um, you're still welcome. I like pop music. And I like rap music Mm -hmm. and I like things that I can shake my bum to. Um, (laughs) The image. (laughs) Um, You guys, everyone needs to look up the video of the tortoise being cleaned in the shower. (gasps) Yes! That is that is is me, yes. Yes! Um, so top three. Australian acts mm-hmm. uh, might be a little bit tricky for me. I might do less. I might do more. Okay. Um, number one, obviously, obviously, <laughs> the best band in Australia right now, Bugs. Oh, yes. Okay. So lead singer just accepted me on Facebook yeah. today and I was like, yeah. You go, you go, Connor. You go. <laughs> Is my friend of You probably are friends with him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, they are. They are. I love a pop band. I l- fucking love a pop band. Like, and they are the poppiest of the poppy. Are they? Band. Of course they yes, are. Yes, that is a pop band. You think? That's yeah. a pop band, and I'm think they'll it. they'll wear that proudly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is it okay to be a pop band? Of course it is. I know. Um, my, I just didn't have labelled them as yeah. pop, the poppiest of pop. I just oh, it's in there. They're definitely an yeah? indie, they're definitely a pop indie band rather than an indie pop band. Yeah. Um, okay. a lot of obviously the new album came out and it's great. Um, I still hold a place in my heart for a lot of those earlier songs that were quite tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the I like the comedy side of a lot of their songs. Um, uh, they're catchy catchy AF um, <laughs> and I just think they on a personal level they're fantastic guys I've been really lucky to do a couple tours with them um, they're great I really really believe they played the forum recently and I sold them in real hard that they were going to be a forum headliner in the next two years and I really really believe that that'll be the case mm. um, I think they're, the music's great I think they're great guys and I just think that that's the sort of positivity that you need in your life yeah um to all of them best guys yeah um and they've got a great team around them as well um and i think that is it's quite rare that the everyone from their manager to their publicist you know you genuinely believe that they care about all of yeah. it um that's probably where i'll draw the line um because that's the only one i know no um <laughs> i 
this is where I hit a bit of a curveball and I live a bit of a, a secret double life of the fact that I actually really love I mean it's no secret that I love rap music mm-hmm. but I really like rap music specifically rap music that has been produced by people in Western Sydney so um, because as everyone knows Western Sydney is a huge hub for like like uh, emerging urban artists in Australia Um, Mm. like there's obvious ones like I think I'd go for someone like Manu Crooks um, who obviously um, sounds like he's straight out of Atlanta Georgia rather than the West Sydney yeah. you know um, uh, then Kwame uh, obviously had him on the podcast last year great guy um, uh, <laughs> a slightly newer addition to my playlist but I really love uh, 1-4 I don't know if you guys know 1-4 1-4 are um they are like uh what would you call them they're like a drill squad so like what really yeah <laughs> so they're like um I, I don't mean like dancing oh oh okay <laughs> she's disappointed um, that's a great sound bite um no like um uh, I guess someone who doesn't know drill music it's kind of like um it's like a sub genre of rap music uh, it's I think it's from Chicago originally like 2000 early like 2010s um it's kind of like rap music but without any of the polish and I think I like it because it's very similar to grime music mm. um, one for um, actually are a, a, a huge I think there's like hundreds of them but there's like four of them who actually do the songs you know they're like a gang like it's like Brockhampton yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, I see really crazy similarities between those guys and maybe someone like Skepta 10 years ago in the UK yeah. very similar sound but also they're just trying to play shows and the police just keep cancelling the shows so like yeah, they were meant to like like I don't know if, how well you guys know like English rap music but there's a great English rapper called Dave and just was, Dave yeah just, just Dave just yeah Dave. he was the um, him and a, another guy I forget his name called um something i'm very sorry other person they um they were the first people in the uk to have a fully british number one um that was like a a, like a completely british uh hip-hop song yeah that was number one on the chart that was completely british in every aspect um he came over and did some big shows over here recently and like one four meant to support them but the police told the promoter that they pulled the show they didn't cancel if they didn't take them off the show things like that um but they're actually playing in Melbourne in a couple of weeks at 170 Russell. So like, they've got a big following. Um, well, what's the reason for yeah. shutting them down? Uh, for inciting. The problem with drill music is that it's quite like, um, I'm going to stab you. Like, okay. Um, aggressive. <laughs> uh, yeah, aggressive is probably a better term. Um, <laughs> I'm going to stab you. <laughs> Um, I think there's, and I believe in, and I, I, I not want to believe everything I see on the news, but I'm, from what I understand, Western Sydney's got quite a crazy, like, gang culture right now. Yeah. Um, and there's a police force that's been made up to kind of stop that happening. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to stop the shows. And that's exactly the same as what happened with people like Skepta back in the day. Mm-hmm. They would constantly shut down Skepta shows, and now he's playing to, like, 10,000 people. Yeah, he plays yeah. at, like, the Olympic crowd. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's quite, a, like, a... It's almost like a noble cause. Like, they're just trying to, like, get their message out. Yeah. Um, That's probably where I'd sit with that one. Mm -hmm. Nice. Awesome. Thanks. I will start with Pagan. Mm -hmm. They're probably... They're definitely my favourite Australian band. But they're also just one of the most exciting bands I've heard recently. Yeah. um, In the last few years. And also, like, I would have loved to have 
I would have loved finding them in the UK. They've got a very British thing going on. Um, so they're getting huge over there as well. Um, second, I think I'm going to say Press Club, just because I'm kind of doing ones that are like big, that I love right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm now I'm going to forget some and be really annoyed. Um, but yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I've actually never seen them play that I remember. I always miss their shows. She's amazing. Yes. Someone someone I dated energies. was friends with her yeah. and was just like, oh yeah, I know this band that's like, you know, they're all right at the moment. They're getting there and he played them to me and I was like, I fucking love this. Yeah, Who yeah. is this? <laughs> I think like I love it on record, but I know that when I finally see it, I will love it. Yeah. I love like a, a live show like gets me in. Like I can watch them and I hate but if they're like good life then I'll be like okay fine I love yeah. that yeah. <laughs> and then I was trying to think about my third and I'm gonna go with a very obvious choice <laughs> unless you were choosing um, and Parkway Drive and my third because it feels wrong not to say them <laughs> and I actually I don't listen to them but then when you listen to them you're like yes oh my god <laughs> and obviously I saw them a lot in the UK as well and obviously their shows are incredible and I just love that they have just become just a super big headline headliners they're just headliners and I think we were all especially when I guess we were coming up you were always told that like oh we don't make headliners anymore like no bander can be like festival headliner but like they've totally done it and people are just don't really acknowledge it like obviously they've been headlining in australia like they'll do unify yeah but now they've headlined bloodstock in the uk and they're like certified huge yeah yeah, yeah. i just think that's really exciting i didn't realize how big they were until the other day um like I knew I knew they were big but like that big when I think I talked I probably cut it out because I already talked about it in an episode with Warwick but um it was one of his favorite it was it was one of his top three as well Warwick and Warwick and Jess have got very similar music (laughs) yeah but um I was doing research on Chinese music and current music and in like 2007 or something there was this Chinese punk rock band that had a music video and the drummer was wearing a Parkway Drive shirt Mm. and I was like what? (laughs) I remember similarly when I watched which way I can't remember which it must have been I watched like a Limp Bizkit video and they were wearing a Deftones t-shirt yeah I love that stuff Mm. I think people underestimate how how much that helps yeah yeah. Um, I'd like to give some special mentions if that's alright for bands who um, at one point in our lives obviously were or they're just fucking great bands but they're perhaps I think we're quite big on trying to champion yeah. new sounds mm. um, like that new band Parkway Drive um, <laughs> yeah you might be <laughs> one, <laughs> one you day hear first. imagine hearing them for the first time I don't need to imagine it because one day I'll do it <laughs> so offensive <laughs> I've had that one Parkway Drive song that sounds like Bon Jovi yeah that's why they're so great now what <laughs> Um, no, I think uh, it'd be really important to shout out um, uh, a lot of artists like uh, Swagging already, but like the Heartaches, mm-hmm. fantastic, solid yeah. Australian band, yeah. just putting consistent stuff out. Mm-hmm. Fantastic friends of ours, very lucky to have them. Same with uh, Camp Cope, yeah. um, obviously doing a lot for for their causes and. Um, they were one of the first bands that Jess and I both really got into together once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then also I'd like to shout out the godfathers of Australian music, Luca Brasi. Yes, um, Telly Boys. <laughs> I went. Thank I was lucky you. enough to go to um, their music festival last year. The to the wheels fall off. I was there last yeah. year as well. And it was yeah. it was great. That's where I saw Press Club. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. where I've seen them. Um, because you didn't go to Tasmania. Oh wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why I meant, why haven't you seen them and I haven't? Uh, that's why. Um, <laughs> Last year was a great year for yeah, Tiller Wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'd also like to um, shout out the actual Godfather's Savage Garden. <laughs> oh. <laughs> are they Australian? Oh. Yes, yeah. they are. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And mm-hmm. also Ocean Grove. Also Ocean Grove. <laughs> and the Beverly Chills. Oh, yes. And, and, and. and. <laughs> but we stand by our three. And, um. He didn't have three. <laughs> maybe more, maybe less. Yeah. Also Kylie Minogue. That'd be my dad. The grandmother. I don't think of her. She's like the Australian Madonna. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Why wouldn't she be so offended? <laughs> and, <laughs> What are you trying to say about Madonna? <laughs> no, but like, she's, it might, like, well, we don't have to imagine, like, how big Kylie is, and mm. she's still called the Australian Madonna. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, true. Um, <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> no, it's true. And of course, uh, Natalie Imbruglia. Mm. And oh. <laughs> uh, I also would like to give a shout out to. I can't think of anyone else. <laughs> that's, that's surprising. Uh, <laughs> Jason Donovan. Yeah. And also <laughs> uh, Rolf Harris pre no, pre allegations. Hit the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> 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 okay. Definitely cut that. Back. Oh my god! And that is the end. <laughs> and Vinny the dog. Vinny um, the dog. Yes. And uh, yeah, that's probably it. To be honest. No more shout outs. Uh, Pemberton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Moaning Lisa. Oh, I love that. Um, that's it. I'm done. Are you sure? That's yeah. me done now. We're done. Trophy eyes. Well, I will say that last year on Spotify, Trophy eyes were my biggest played artist. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. I will say that last week we went for a Chinese with John Floriani and his partner and I nearly died because I I refused to not eat as much food as him. And I don't know if you guys have seen his Instagrams. That guy can fucking eat. I mean, he's huge. He is, yeah. I have to see this. Um, Also, uh, a fun tradition he has of wearing white to weddings. He always outdoes the bride. He just puts it in, when he's on tour, in his stories, he just puts oh, up how much food he's yeah. in. Oh, antagonist AD, sorry. Oh, yeah. That was a lesson. <laughs> Is it, though? Yeah. The beautiful monument. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just waiting to let this you... This is where we'll have, like, the outro. Towns. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Amir fiction. Astronaut. Goosebumps. Okay. Are you sure that's it? Yeah. No more. Uh, I think I'm done. Okay. Are there any final words? Mm. Final words of wisdom. Yes. I would like to say that um, 
That's it. <laughs> just, uh, just yes. Uh, I, I, uh, Guy Sebastian. Uh, Shannon Noel. <laughs> Uh, Delta Goodrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Ricky Lee. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Taking a spiral. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be an editing nightmare. <laughs> we don't appreciate that not everyone edits their podcast as much as we do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, no, I do think that's it, yeah. Um, not Times and I. Oh. Oh. oh, I'm on. I'm, I'm with you. You're on, on that, that train. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fun little fact that you can leave in this: Has anyone else seen this thing about how Tones and I's age has changed on the internet? Age. Really? Her age. So her age. I believe she was born in 1993, uh-huh. and uh, it's very well documented in all her early interviews that it says her date of birth is 1993. Uh-huh. But if you look at her like a Wikipedia, or if you just Google how old is Tones yeah. and I, it says she was born in 2000. <laughs> Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. She's supposed to be nineteen. That's that's but crazy. If you Google interviews from prior, well, if you just search like "Tones and I interview," and yeah. then it says she was born in '93. That's weird. I like what what. <laughs> it's public knowledge. <laughs> uh, also, Wolf J. <laughs> I'm done. No, you're not. <laughs> It was a top three, not every artist you know. <laughs> it doesn't count anymore. It's actually a really rubbish list. It's where all the podcasts have been soiled. <laughs> we can't do it ever again. Hexstep. <laughs> There's got to be a Triple J band out there called Hexstep. There is a band. There is? There actually is? Oh, my God. <clears throat> That's it. I'm done. 100% done. <laughs> No more. Please, no more. I'm done. <laughs> Spacey Jane. <laughs> they are good though. Yeah, they yeah. are great. I really like, I'm a big fan of early noughties uh, English indie rock. Yeah. And they're, they're reminiscent of the kooks and things like that, yeah. I think. Uh, I haven't listened to them. They're really good. Mm. Yeah. They keep popping up in my recommended on Spotify. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. That's me done. <laughs> you keep saying that, but. <laughs> no one believes you. Lime Cordial. <laughs> No, I am done. You can cut all this out. Yeah, you can basically you can, you can basically finish it after the after after um Parkway Drive. <laughs> that was an hour ago. I'm sure we can make a little like remix or something. Get some auto tune in there with the grrr thing you did earlier. <laughs> Um, also want to give a Your special legacy. shout out to the heaviest band that I ever heard mm. Thy Artist Murder mm. yeah. alright I do like Thy Artist Murder yeah <laughs> I would never listen to them but I like watching them mm. okay <laughs> fair enough <laughs> well like I wouldn't I don't choose to listen to heavy music but yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay well on that note <laughs> wrap it up um thank you for coming <laughs> thank you for having us and talking Welcome. forever yeah <laughs> that's I what we want to do that one yeah <laughs> um no but seriously thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us and chatting um, baby boys fucking stop <laughs> oh my god and dunk <laughs> no thank you thank you very much yeah <laughs> Thank you for thinking of us. Yeah, of course. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find something. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, it's amazing. Oh, it's great. Thanks for listening. 
Tune in next time when we talk to Laura Imbruglia from Music Victoria. We talk to her about her personal development as an artist and industry pro over the years of working in event and video production and marketing, the Music Victoria Awards, and of course, her Australian favourites. Don't forget to chuck us a like and follow on Instagram and Facebook. Check out our website, and we'll catch you next time.